unique podcast taking you behind the badge. Unbelievable stories exploring the day in the life of a first responder. 911 is made possible by Carlos Bail Bonding and Eric Buchanan and Associates, fighting for those that have been denied disability, life, long-term care, and health benefits nationwide. Now, here's your host, DeMarlin Dean. Welcome to 911. You know, it's the show where we normally talk to first responders and all the crazy calls that they have. But today I've got even somebody that's on scene before the first responders. I have the pettiest man on social social media here with me today. And if you've been on TikTok, you probably already know who he is. He's got over a million followers now on TikTok. He's got about 45, 44,000 followers on Instagram. My guest today is none other than Ronan. Man, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It is so good to finally get you on here. We've been going back and forth probably since about July trying to connect. And mm-hmm. hey, I tell you yep. what, it's been it's it's I'm looking forward to the show because all these folks that have taken me forever to get on, it's turned out to be a heck of a show. And I don't <laughs> think this is going to be any different. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, man, who you are, what what you're doing these days. Well, um, when I started TikTok, I was uh, I was an asset protection associate. I've done asset protection Pretty much most of my adult career uh, started off, uh, I think, 2011. And uh, asset protection for those out there is loss prevention, basically catching shoplifters. So uh, you get to deal with uh, some pretty fun individuals and stuff like that. You get to deal with law enforcement quite a bit as well. And uh, right now, I actually just this year started doing content creation full time. I've kind of left my nine to five behind me and I'm going forward with just uh, making videos, trying to make people laugh and smile and tell the stories. And yeah, I, I am a petty person. I'm very petty. I admit it. Um, but I think petty can be a good thing sometimes. It can be a good learning experience for people, especially people who are doing wrong. You know, I, I tell you what, you certainly use petty to your advantage to uh, really show people the error of their ways many times. So so as I said, he's um, even on scene before the first responders because he's the one that's catching you to stick that that pack of Skittles in your pocket. And, uh, you know, then he calls the police. But, yeah, I, I, I found you on TikTok and I really was enjoying your content. And, and you do make people laugh. So, you know, man, you could tell stories for days and, you know, we don't have, we don't have days to talk. So I'm just going <laughs> to say, let's just start with first, how did you get into loss prevention? Well, at the time I was working for Walmart and I was out in Tire Lube Express or TLE. And that's basically, uh, you know, changing tires, changing oil, stuff like that. Uh, the job popped up and I was never the, uh, how would I say it? The aggressive or the confrontational kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the idea of the job and it paid a whole hell of a lot more. And I was like, okay, um, yeah, let's try it. So I went in for the interview. I, I, I feel like I blitzed, like aced the interview. I just blew through that interview. And next thing I know, uh, Matt, that was my manager at the time. He calls me up and he says, hey, I want to hire you. And I was like, cool, cool. He hung up that phone. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> can I do this? Like, I've never been confrontational. Like, I'm always, I'm not like a pacifist, but I can make a friend over an enemy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I got into it. And I'm going to tell you what, that first stop, that first stop was an adrenaline rush. And there's something about it. Um, I, you know, I know you uh, typically deal with first responder police officers. I always want to be a police officer. Um, I just don't think I have the, the, the body for it, the fit. You know, I'm a big <laughs> dude. And um, 
I, I like the idea of loss prevention and police office, you know, police work, um, because you have an opportunity to change someone's life and turn them around when they're making a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and with loss prevention, you really get that you really get that chance to do that because you've got someone in a moment and 90 percent of the time when people are committing that crime, when they're doing that, that theft, it's not because. It's not because they're just bad people. It's because they've had bad situations happen. Mm-hmm. And you, but you still got to treat, you, you can't let them get by with that. Like no matter what the, no matter what the story is and they all have sob stories and some of them are BS and some of them are real. You still have to hold them accountable to that. Um, but you also have a moment there to kind of teach. You also have a moment there to kind of redirect someone's life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just feel like that's a, that's a good that's a good thing for me. Like that's something I always like doing. Um, and now with content creation, I kind of feel like I can do the same thing. I can teach those petty lessons that I taught people long ago, and hopefully, you know, I've made some people smile and turn their days around. But also, hopefully, a few shoplifters have visited my page and went, "Man, I ain't, I ain't doing this." Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually, I, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like you shared a story, and you probably have many of someone that you did give that opportunity to turn their life around and you, you kind of saw some, maybe saw the, the, the manifestation of that is, can you think of any of those types of stories? So one that comes to mind is it's probably one of the most heartbreaking stories, but it turned out good in the end. Um, I had a couple come into the store um, and after you've done this job for a while, and I'm sure anyone in the law enforcement or any kind of field like this, they, they can get a feel for someone by behaviors, by, you know, body language and all that. And I just, I saw them in there and they were acting strange and they had this little girl, maybe three or four years old with them. Um, and the guy was selecting like dress clothes, like, you know, buttoned up, uh, dress pants, stuff like that. And she was taking it concealing into her purse. Mm-hmm. So when they got everything done, uh, they hit the door. I jump up in front of them and, you know, do my spiel. Like, you know, Hey, I work for loss of rent. Did you come back? And they decide that uh that they're not gonna stop, you know. Uh, they take off into the parking lot, but they left the little girl behind. What? They left the little girl sitting on the sidewalk, and they got about halfway out in the parking lot before they both realized they were missing her. And they both spin around. They see me, and this little girl is scared. Like this little girl, you know, she's reaching up. She doesn't know what's going on. She's, you know, she's young. And uh, the father just kept running, and the mother hmm. turned around, came back, and uh, ended up. Uh, the The dollar amount for what they actually stole was actually under our threshold to call PD. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got her in the air, I got her in there, we processed her, you know, through Walmart system. And when I was done, I took her out to the self-check and I bought those clothes for him. And I said, Hey, and the little girl was thirsty. I bought her a drink. And uh, I told her, I said, look, I said, I want you to know, I want you to tell you, you know, your, your husband's a, a POS, you know, in my opinion, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how much I can cuss on your podcast. So I'm going to keep it, try to keep it PG as much what, as possible. Whatever you need to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I told him, I said, you know, he's a son of a bitch for that. I mean, uh-huh. you know, you don't leave your kid behind. Right. I said, but here's the clothes. I wish you guys the best of luck. And a, a couple of weeks later, he ended up coming back into the store. He ended up getting the job. Um, they were able to save their house and he wanted to repay me for the clothes. And I, I'll be honest, I wasn't very nice to him. I was like, look, glad you got the job. Mm-hmm. But as a father, you don't do that. Right. You know, take that money you want to pay me and go buy your daughter something because thank God she probably won't remember that. Yeah. And I got to turn that person's life around with that. You know, you got to see that kind of in action. I didn't really do it. I mean, he got the job, but I'm saying, I mean, I could have called police and you know, brought them out there and been a whole different story, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You cut up some slack. And, and as police officers, I used to be a police officer back in, in the day, uh, probably before you were born back in the early nineties, but that's another story. Um, and you can, you can give someone an opportunity and sometimes they make the most of it and they really do turn their, their lives around. You don't always have to be a jerk. Sometimes it does call for that. Um, but you don't always have to have to be that jerk and, 
And your kindness often does lead to someone else, you know, doing the right thing later on. And that's a real, real cool, real cool. Absolutely. I, I got a question for you. You said, I'm, a, I'm a, probably before I was born. How old do you think I am? Because I was born in 81. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know you're not 54. <laughs> no, I'm 41. 41. <laughs> no, I, actually, I wouldn't have thought you were that old. I probably would have guessed maybe mid 30s. It's the beard. I get that a whole lot. I do yeah. get that a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, What's it? Can you can you quantify the pettiest, the pettiest thing you've ever done as a loss loss prevention person? So I always go back to the same story, but just because just because of how she acted. Right. So I had this this Karen come up to my my register and I was working electronics Mm -hmm. and she had this cutlery set and it was marked with a clearance sticker. If you've been to Walmart, you've seen the yellow little clearance stickers on there and it was marked for 20 bucks mm-hmm. so i go i grab it i do the motions i scan it i look at the register i said ma'am it's not ringing up for 20 dollars." but before she can let me finish she is in my face and she's like oh no no you're gonna honor this 20 dollars. you're gonna honor this right now i said no ma'am you don't seem to understand and before i get words out of my mouth again this woman's in my face i'm gonna get your manager and i'm gonna i'm gonna have you fired cool so i know i go over here i type on the keyboard real quick i punch in 20 bucks to 20 dollars, ma'am have a great day she walks off it was ringing up for 10 bucks <laughs> but if you're gonna act a fool you're gonna get it i mean i'm just saying a few weeks later my asset protection manager came up and we used to have this report it's called a scan exception report it looks at markups and markdowns done at the register mm-hmm and he's like, so you want to tell me why you upcharge this lady? I gave him the story. And, and that's the first time everyone told me, because man, you petty as hell. I said, like, you're right. You're damn right I'm petty. <laughs> that is funny. That's funny. I like to try to do the right thing, but I also like to, and, and you maybe can educate me, because I've always thought, oh, you always were told, well, if they've got it priced a certain way, they have to honor that. I don't know if that's true or not. I know Walmart it, it, it usually is, does. To, an, to a point. It yeah. is very true to a point. Yeah, I guess if it's so, really egregious, you you know, if they got a car is marked down to ten dollars, you know, hey, that ain't that's not right. Yeah, right. But I've seen it. That's the whole thing. I've seen a TV that was like three hundred some odd dollars, and it had a sticker on it, um, and it was for something stupid, like seventy five, eighty bucks. Three hundred dollar television, they honored it. So typically, yes. Yeah. But you do have thieves that try to get one over on you and that crap too. Right. I know. I've been one of those. I'm, I'm the kind of guy. I'm a rule follower. And there were some times where it is, it happened to be at Walmart that it was, um, it was a really nice, um, I don't remember what the item was, but anyway, it appeared to be in the wrong place, but I wasn't sure it was marked. I was like, well, it should be cheaper than that. But I looked all around to find out where it should be, you know, okay, well, I'll put it back where it should be. And it's, it's, it's okay. Well, the problem was there was no place. It was in the right section. I think it may have been a, 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 a garden hose cart or something like that. So in that case, I was trying to do the right thing, trying to find where it goes, but it, it, it was not there. And so I was telling them, I said, Hey, look, this is right here. Um, it says it's this price. You know, I appreciate you guys if you honor that price. And they're like, sure, you know, no problem. Because I know that that folks will go in and accidentally, not accidentally, but they'll move stuff around and that's not y'all's oh, yeah. fault, you know? And oh, so yeah. I try not I try not to be that petty. <laughs> <laughs> but in that case, I was like, hey, you know, there you go. And and they honored it, of course. So are there any big myths that people uh, have like uh, in the police world, people think if you're if you're being chased, once you cross the line, you're OK. Is there some of those sto- things like people oh, yeah. think oh, if this happens, they can't do anything. So, OK, so I got a couple for you here. So uh, one of the big myths is, is that if you're on a mark cart, one of the electric carts, mm-hmm. uh, that we can't stop you because you're handicapped. 
Uh, I've literally had I've literally had an APA of mine stop a lady who was blind, but she was stealing. Like she wasn't doing it. It wasn't like she was blind and she was like fumbling. Like she knew what she was doing and she did it like all the time. So it, they think if you have like a physical handicap or a mental handicap uh, that we won't stop you. I stopped a dude who was a clinical clinical kleptomaniac. Mm -hmm. This dude was talking to me the entire time. Like he's talking to me, right? And he's like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, man. I'm like, he's stealing stuff right in front of me as he's <laughs> apologizing. The officer comes in and you know how um, you was an officer. You know how they got the, usually got that flip book, right? You got a little yeah. notepad there. He wrote out something on his notepad. He sat on the counter and this dude, no shit, reaches over, grabs this dude's notepad, puts it in his pocket. <laughs> and the officer's looking at him like, can I get that? Back? Oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It yeah. happens all the time. And I'll tell you one that your viewers might like, since you, you probably deal with, uh, you probably have a lot of viewers who are law enforcement. Mm -hmm. A lot of law enforcement agencies feel like that, hey, if we park a squad car outside of Walmart, you don't have to call our asses as much. Because I know I've worked for different agencies and some of them, they're like, they're, they're just wonderful. They want to come out. They want to help. And there's others like, man, we are busy. Stop calling us over this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I get it. I get it both ways. But all the answers I've ever heard is uh, they're like, well, let's, let's, put, let's put a dummy car out in your parking lot. Cool. If you want me to call you like twice as much. What? Well, no, 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 man. You know, the cop, the cop car is going to be out there. So they're, they're going to think we're there. Yeah, they're going to think you're there in the office with me. So they're going to go hustle double time to get more stuff because they know your ass can't stop them because you in the office with another. Man. And it's, it was like clockwork. I used to work for uh, Kershaw County out of South Carolina, uh, Camden, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I talked to the, talked to the I think it was a sergeant out there. And he's like, man, we're just going to put a squad car out there because, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, we're, we're getting backed up. And you guys are calling us like two or three times a day. And we were mm -hmm. like, we were just hammering them out. And I said, dude, don't put that squad car there. I mean, unless you, unless you want to hire a couple more guys, on, get, on, get out there on the street. I said, don't put that squad car out there. No, no, man. I'm telling you, we've done our research on this. I said, all right, bet. I got two weeks later. He's had someone out there pull that squad car off. He called me up. He's like, man, he goes, why the hell did I get double the calls? I said, I told you that is open season. If you put a squad car in my fire lane, they go come in force. Man, that, <laughs> I would have never thought that. They do. They do. That is crazy. I, I also recall a story. Um, I like it when people are really petty with you and, and, and just like all up in your face. And then you're able to just flip script and get them good. And I think you shared a story. That had to do with, I think, an employee. Um, and I believe once it was all said and done, you were able to show where they were the one that was actually stealing or help steal or something. Um, yes. Yes. So I had a, I think you're talking about the customer. He was coming in and he said that the cashier was not ringing up his stuff. Yes. I think that's the one you're talking about. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Because there was a customer involved. Yes. So, so basically he was telling everyone, he was telling me, it, and it was anonymous at first, but then he started calling the store, uh, that basically he was finding that when he was leaving the store, there was extra items in his bag. Mm -hmm. And so I started investigating and, uh, come to find out the cashier was ringing everything up. Like I could see everything on transactions. So I ended up, by this time I already had the dude's number and I called him up and said, look, man, I said, I, I don't know what's going on. I'll check our system to see if maybe the receipt machines messed up. But I've said, I'm. On paper and on the on the computer, I'm seeing every item that you have scanned and going out the door. So he comes back. He goes, no, 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 no. I've got receipts. So he comes back. He's got receipts. And I'm like, yeah, you know too much about this. <laughs> so I started investigating a little more. And I, I, so I went up to the young lady and she ended up telling me that that was her neighbor and that he was basically he, he was just a racist ass Karen because she was in an interracial relationship. Ah, uh, Yeah, that's it. 
and he didn't like he didn't like her living next door to him. Okay. And come to find out, he was the one going back into the store after making the purchase and putting shit like under his cart. <laughs> and he was intentional. Like the, the the messed up part about this man is he's flashing the receipt on the way out the door, wanting to get caught so that he could point it back on the girl. So at the time I knew I, I, I knew that the guys at the agency we worked with are for in the jurisdiction we were in, and I said, look, this is what's going on. And they're like, hey, look, we know about this guy. He had something else going on. They wouldn't tell me what was going on, but he had something else going on that they already knew about. And I told her, I said, look, I, I talked to my buddy. I said, down, down at the PD station. I said, uh, I said, you off Monday? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I said, go outside. Just sit outside with your husband and your kids and just enjoy the front yard. <laughs> and they came over and they, they what happened was, is, the funny part is, is he called the law because he was always calling the law on her because uh -huh. he didn't want to see him in the front lawn. He didn't want to see the kids playing. Man. So when the cops came to... To basically address that call, they arrested his ass for theft because they had everything. I mean, I laid it to him. And, uh, the detective said, man, he goes, I don't have to do shit but sign off on this. Golly. People but, really uh, are petty. They're, they're He was pettier oh, than you. Oh, that you wouldn't believe it. Like you get all kinds of you get all kinds of people trying to be petty or just trying to get one over on you. And they come up with the most stupidest. Some of them are, are brilliant schemes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but. They're all for the wrong reasons. Like I said, I love petty because it's a teaching lesson. Mm -hmm. Like you can teach someone. It's hard love. You know, it's kind of like getting your hate. You getting your mouth smacked when you talk back to your mama. You know, you get your mouth popped one time. We're talking about your mama. You know, not to talk back no more. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's just me, though. What's the, what's the biggest thing size wise that you've seen someone steal or try to steal? I guess uh, beside like a TV where you just try to walk out without paying, but something they can actually conceal or what's the most you've had somebody conceal? Oh, as far as conceal wise, um, I've had a dude walk out of my store with almost a grand. It was like, I think, $75 short of $1,000 in steaks, ribs and meat. Man. And like, like he, he looked like he was, you know, you know, when them dog training suits, when they're training dogs and you can bite suits, <laughs> yes. that's what he looked like when he walked out the door and he's just like doing this, he's walking <laughs> like this the entire way out. And I, he did it. And this, and the messed up part is, is he got it successfully six times before we caught him. Really? We found him one time we was reviewing video and we found him walking out the door. I never even told this story on TikTok. <laughs> dude literally walked out the door. And we're like, what is this dude doing? Is he in a dog suit? That's what we thought. Like it looked like a dog suit. <laughs> And we go play back the video. He got us six times like that. No one questioned it. The door was like, just have a great day. Dude, looking like he walking like Humpty Dumpty out the door and no one questioned it. Oh, but that was man. the most concealed. Um, I actually worked at a, at a small country uh, Walmart up in Manning, South Carolina. If you've ever been there, it's like a one stop light town, mm -hmm. but it's right off the highway. So they got a Walmart there on the intersection. And um, I got up there and we used to have those ATVs, like those mules. Yeah. Yeah. D come dust time. The light was still in the sky. Like it was just sun was going down. These dudes roll up with a flatbed. They snip like three chains. They roll that ATV thing up onto the trailer and they take out the parking lot like they like they came like they already had permission to do it. Wow. Just didn't catch those guys. Mm. What's what is there? Is there one of that that uh, that got away that just oh just pisses you off? Oh, man. Um, yeah, there was a guy, he used to come in there a lot and he used to come in with a girl and he was, he was real handsy with her, like in a, in a, in a bad way. Like he, he, she say something, he'd pop her in the store and like, we called a couple times, but unfortunately she would always, I, I don't know what it is. Like we had the police there one day 
and he they stopped him, detained him, and she just denied everything. No, it didn't happen. I don't press charges and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, he ended up coming in and he was stealing like hardcore. And every single time this dude was smooth about it, if he even thought you were watching him, he was gone. Mm-hmm. He beat feet. He dropped everything and beat feet. But if he could get it out the door, it was gone. Mm-hmm. And we never caught that dude. He ended up moving. Uh, we talked to we caught another guy that ran with him. He ended up moving to Orlando. And that was when I was down in South Carolina. And that one pissed me off because that dude got thousands of dollars out of our store. Like, and it was, it was just, you get, you get some criminals who are just know they shit. Like Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. They've done it long enough. They're smart. Uh, I I tell all my new APAs when I used to train them, don't think, don't think these, these thieves are dumb. They're not dumb. Mm -hmm. They're smart. Mm -hmm. Like they, if they apply themselves in life, they could be, they could be entrepreneurs and millionaires, but they just choosing to get that five finger discount. Yes. And they are. They're smart. And it pisses you off. It pisses you off when you can't catch them. So this guy repeatedly got you guys. So you, I mean, you knew who he was, but you just never would catch him coming in. Is that kind if of he thing? saw us, if he saw us at a hundred yards away, he was out he was zigzagging. He was gone. But if he knew that he couldn't see us, like he'd come in, he'd do laps. He'd uh-huh. do laps and he, before he even touched anything. He'd watch. If he saw a single one of us or anyone to give him a second look, he was done. There was a day we watched him on camera and a customer just walked, looked at him kind of weird and took off. Like he just didn't play, but uh-huh. when he would go, he would go hard, like out fire doors and carts full of stuff. Man, so he always knew what he was doing. How, why, we why? had a we, we had a guy one time tie a chain to the iPad case. Our electronics was set up next to uh, it was set up really close to automotive or no no sorry garden center. Uh-huh. It was one of the old layouts of Walmart, and there was literally a straight shot from that iPad case to the garden center door. And this dude brought into some chain, like a good length of chain, tied it around the iPod case, took his truck and pulled that thing out. And the, his boys came in and took them iPads and got out. We didn't get the, we ended up getting those back. That was $17,000. Are you serious? Yeah, that one, that one was serious. We had people in their fingerprinting everything. Cause you know, it's bad when it's bad when you get fingerprinting in Walmart. Yeah, that They is don't do bad. that for nothing. Man, that is just bold. God, yeah, people do some crazy shit. Well, can't y'all like the guy that was that that kept getting you guys? I mean, seems like somebody like that you'd recognize him. You know, he's in the store. You just say, "Hey, you gotta be, you gotta go. You can't come in here." Uh, they, we never got the chance. Like I said, we uh, oh, see okay. us before we see I him. See. I see. We even called PD out there. He take off. Wow. He take off. PD chased him a couple times, and and they'd have to cancel. Uh, one of my guy or one of my friends who was uh, one of the officers who li- who lived in the area. He called me back one day. He said, "Man, we had to terminate the chase. We got the we got the call to terminate because he was weaving in and out of traffic and." It was became a you know threat to to other to bypassers. Yeah, and he said they, we just had to th- we had to terminate. Like he just didn't care. He he eventually, from what I heard, got caught down in Orlando. They don't do me no good because you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you're also pretty good about using your pettiness and your uh, adherence to the rules to get your managers uh, every now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. I, I, there's a couple of stories. Um, one was. I think he'd ask you to do something or you ask him to do something. He said that wasn't, you know, in the regulations or something like that. That came back to bite him. Tell us that story. So uh, <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> so basically this manager and he was just an asshole. That's mm-hmm. all it was. He was an asshole. And he gave me a, he gave me a task to do. And yeah, I gave, I gave him a quick solution, how to fix it. Like right now, you know, results. Sometimes you got to get results. Right. Period. In any job you're at, you got to get results. And he gave me like a 20 minute lecture on how my how my plan could violate company guidelines and policies. And 
how, you know, we just sat down in the office and he just, he read me my business. He was right, but I remembered it. So uh, a few weeks, a few months later, I forget what it was. We were doing a stop and he was the only salary member of management in the store. And we got the guy in the store. We got the guy caught up and he brought him in the office. He sat down. He's nervous as hell. He ends up, he ends up shitting and pissing himself there in, in, the, in the stool. I don't know why I didn't ask him, but he ended up defecating himself and making a mess. Uh-huh. So when it all said and done, I said, I went to go call for maintenance. And he's laughing at me. He goes, hey, maintenance ain't here today. It looks like you're cleaning it up. I said, oh, no, sir. <laughs> I said, per Walmart company policy, only salaried members of management or maintenance associates can clean up bodily fluids. So it looks like you clean it up, big dog. <laughs> I said, I'll go get you that mop and bucket if you want me to, though. <laughs> he couldn't argue with me. He cleaned it up. Oh, man. He didn't, he didn't mess with me. He didn't give me lectures no more after that. Yeah, and yeah, it seems like you remember a lot of things like that. I, I know a lot of your content, you say such something happened a long time ago but i remembered it and it came back (laughs) Uh, and i think uh you got a story like that about burger king right yeah i just talked about that one today um basically we had a we had a manager i was in high school Mm -hmm. i was in high school and we had this manager and we had two closing managers and i typically didn't close uh one of them was cool as hell like he's a good dude you come in you do your job clean up let's go let's all go home Mm -hmm. and the other one was a stickler for cleaning and don't get me wrong i get it it's a restaurant nobody wants a dirty restaurant but man this took this dude took it to above and beyond like he wanted you to dust up under the registers kind of shit like Mm -hmm. he wanted he wanted it to the nines and i ended up having to close one night with him and i didn't want to but i was there with another uh regular closer and time to come go home he comes out and he has a checklist man he's just giving us like 20 some odd things we, we need to do to get this stuff done and i said my, my dude was with my, my co-worker was with me and I, he's like man i'm, I'm pissed off by this i don't know you're frustrated i said just just follow my lead and trust me <laughs> so we go to working and we're cleaning but we're cleaning thoroughly uh-huh. you know, thoroughly and slowly <laughs> and he'd come out a few times he'd come out and check our progress and he'd say some stuff and he'd go back in the office well it was bird king and you know last time he comes back out it's about four something in the morning, like 4.47 or something in the morning. I remember that because the openers were pulling up in the parking lot. <laughs> so you can't tell all this shit on 60 seconds on TikTok. <laughs> the openers were coming in in the parking lot. And he comes busting ass out of the office like, oh, my God, you guys aren't done. I didn't realize what time it was. And I said, but we still got to clean. Like, we still got shit to clean, man. I mean, we, we ain't done yet. I mean, we got to get this stuff done. I mean, you just told us we got to get this stuff done like four hours ago. Man, he's so pissed. He's talking about the budget, talking about overtime. And come to find out, because, you know, them restaurants, they don't give you no hours. They right. don't give you no damn hours. Right. They didn't let it. They, they wouldn't let us come back to work for the rest of the week. I was okay with that shit. I was in high school. Fuck that. I, you know, sorry, part of my language. I mean, screw that shit. Oh, man. Anyway. And uh, come to, you know, he never, he was, he was not that hardcore about cleaning no more after that, though. <laughs> Your panties has taught him a lesson. <laughs> sometimes you got, sometimes you just got to give someone a little hard love and a little malicious compliant, a little pettiness, you know? He wanted to clean. We, baby, we're going to clean it for you today. Oh, we'll get man. out there and we'll, we'll sanitize all them balls in that ball pen. <laughs> Oh, you use the term that I like a lot. I'm gonna have to use that malicious compliance. Malicious compliance. That's absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. I haven't heard that before. You you seem like you're a master at malicious compliance. I've had to be, man. My family, I, I grew up with it. My my it's bred. It's in it's in the genes. Oh man. What's well, it looks like you you have had a lot of fun with uh with what you're doing from or or your past job 
being in uh, asset protection or, or whatever you, you want to call it. But um, what when you look back over some of the things you've done, some of the fun that you've had, what comes up as some of the, the most fun times that you've had doing this, whether it's catching somebody or giving somebody a break or or what? One of the cool things, one of the cool things doing this is you get to work with uh, different facets of law enforcement, which is definitely a fun thing. Um, I met a lot of great officers, a lot of great men and women, um, and you get to see the side of the job that no one else gets to see Mm -hmm. because, you know, media likes to show off, you know, doesn't always show police in the best light, you know? Right. And don't get me wrong. I've met some officers who did not deserve a badge. I'll be hundred percent honest. Sure. I've met them. But but most of the time, the guys I've met and the ladies I've met, they have they just have a passion for helping people and just wanting to, you know, same thing I wanted, just wanted to stop someone from doing something wrong before it completely ruins their life. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, that takes you going to jail and getting, you know, going to prison and coming back out. Sometimes it takes you going to county for the night and realizing I don't want to do this again. Right. And I think that's one of the best is just networking and meeting these men and women. And I think just the the people that I've met along the way. And, and the people that I've helped, because you wouldn't believe the people that you have an opportunity to help with. And we touched on this earlier, but, you know, that one story was just one of many of times where people have come in, they've made a bad decision. You've given them the advice, the direction they needed, and you you get to see them come back and like, hey, my whole life turned around. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And helping people is something in my core that I really am passionate about is just helping people. Yeah. So I think that's that's the most fun I've had is just the people it, it, you you even some of the shoplifters, even some of the shoplifters, uh, some of them were great people just uh-huh. down the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Some we're not always, you know, what we do. You know, what you do is not who you are. Uh, now, right. sometimes that can be the case, but it, it, usually there is a story behind it. And again, it doesn't make it right, but at least you can kind of understand where where somebody is going or why they're doing what they're doing. But I think some of the big satisfaction that you get on the penny side is when somebody thinks they've gotten away, but you're able to come back and you really get them in the end. So I know you've it's got a few shit stories. Moment. Exactly. No, you got look in their eye mm-hmm. and they realize it's done. <laughs> Yeah. So there was one um, that involved um, a lady that thought she got away, but you had her keys. Oh, this is a story that started it all, man. So so here's the thing. So I'm walking around the store one day and I see this girl and she just got that look in her eye. She got that look. So I start following her. She grabs this $300 power tool, some routery saw, rotary saw. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a home improvement guy myself. And uh, so she goes and she doubles back on me a couple times and I lose her. And typically when you're in loss prevention and you lose them like that, you've only got a, a small window of time before you can pick them back up and make a stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I exceeded that small window of time. But <laughs> when I found her, I saw her dropping the spider wrap, the box and, you know, shoving stuff in her purse. She couldn't tell what it was. I mean, reasonable suspicion says I've got a spider wrap on the floor. I've got an empty power tool that I saw her select and she is fidgeting with her purse heading for the door. She stole it. But following company policy, I did not make that apprehension. I followed her out and I noticed she got to the car and she's frantically looking for something. And there was a dude in the car with her and they're out looking around. So I go back to the aisle. I find the cart, which her coat was in. This is something I didn't tell in the story. Her coat was in there. And when she pulled that coat out, the keys were in her coat, but she had an alpha key on there. And if you don't know what an alpha key is, an alpha key is this little black rectangular plastic doodad with a magnet in it. Mm -hmm. And that's what pops off those keeper boxes and those spider wraps at Walmart and Target and whatnot. Yeah. She had one. You can buy them on eBay. You shouldn't do it, but you can buy them on eBay if you need one. But 
She ended up getting it, and her keys were attached to it, so they stuck to the damn cart. The cart was metal, so I grabbed her keys up, and I walked out of the park. At this point, I'm feeling cocky, too. I'm all like, ha you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and they're outside the car, and they shut the doors, and I'm like, well, here's my opportunity. I went, boop, boop. Locked them doors and they realized, dude, they immediately perked up. Like it was like it was like here, it was like a, a stick breaking in the woods, and deer's like they peek up real they peek up real big. And I'm thinking, okay, they know that they know they're done. The car's here, it's locked up. I got their keys. They're gonna have to come back in and look for the keys. And when they do, I'm gonna say, look, you know, here, you give me my merchandise back, I run some paperwork, you go on your about your way. She doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. She gets on her phone and she calls for a ride. And this minivan pulls up, they get in, they take off. Well, I'm pissed at this point. <laughs> well, and a shop lets me stop. Most app most asset protection associates can call a tow truck and have that car towed off their property. I mean, it's private property essentially. Right. And so I, we can have it towed to any tow truck company we want. So I ended up towing the damn thing out of state. <laughs> <laughs> now, that that's the shock line of the video. And people are like, oh, shit, you towed it out of state. And they're thinking like from California to New York or something. Yeah. I live in Evansville, Indiana, and I live right by the Henderson, Kentucky border. Yeah. And the same tow company has lots on both sides of the river. <laughs> now, mind you, yes, I towed it to Henderson, Kentucky. It wasn't about the distance. It was about the statement. Yeah, It was about yeah. that she's going to think that thing's locally in town, and it will take her like two or three weeks to locate her car. Right, right. And uh, come to find out, uh, she calls me back up. She gives me the sad song and dance about a blah, 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 whatever. I'll come back in. I'll pay for it to give it back to you. It never happened. Mm-hmm. She ended up getting her car and getting it back, but it cost her about, I want to say like $1,300 or something after it's all said. And then we ended up having to press charges afterwards. I didn't want to press charges at first because, you know, that'll haunt, that, that, that criminal charge haunts her for the rest of her life. I was right. trying to be nice about it. that. Petty, that petty's, you know, is that teaching moment. Mm-hmm. You go to steal something, you lose your whole damn car. You might think twice about going to Walmart and trying to steal some shit again. Yes. Or at least keep your keys in your pocket. Yeah. And, uh, but we ended up having to, because after I ended up talking to the detective about it, he's like, man, we know who she is. We got to deal with this. And I'm like, all right, do it. Yeah. But yeah, that was the story that told that, that did it all. I towed her car out of state. Wow. That is crazy. And I've, I've noticed a theme, um, with you, you, you do, if you have that choice, you like to give people the choice of let's let's make this right. You know, we can just like a police officer, we can go a couple of ways. We can make this really difficult and make it really crazy for you or come on back. Let's talk some sense again. You, you're going to have some consequences, you know, but let's make it yeah. right. Let, let me let me make it a little easier for you. I think that's one thing I have picked up from law enforcement over the years. And I've, one thing I've learned, I've told my kids this, I've told my friends this. If you ever in a situation where you in wrong, where you're in the wrong and you got a police officer in front of you. Don't lie to that man or woman. Right. Tell the truth. Tell the damn truth. Because I have seen officers who dead to right should have loaded their asses off to county and didn't. Mm -hmm. And I've seen officers who had a liar in front of them and they knew they were lying and they were giving them runaround and they could have just wrote them a ticket and they hauled their asses down to county. So it's always been better, in my opinion, when I've seen a, a shoplifter tell the truth to an officer and just be straight. Like, look, I screwed up. I did it. I'm sorry. Here's my information. I ain't trying to lie to you about it. And that officer is a hundred times more willing to work with that, with that suspect than the officer who's got this person giving them excuses and bullshit. Exactly. So exactly. Well, Ronan, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to change the subject a little bit. Talk a little bit about life when we come back. Is that all right with you? That works for me. All right. Don't go anywhere. My guest today is Ronan. Ronan. 
the pettiest man on TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. We'll talk about uh, how to find him uh, on those social media platforms if you don't already know him, like everybody in the world. But uh, we'll be right back with Ronan right after this. Listen up, friends. Do you or someone that you know have disability insurance? I mean, the insurance that you buy through your employer in case you have an injury or an illness that prevents you from doing your job. And if you do have that insurance, good for you. Hopefully you'll never have to use it. But know this, if you do have an injury or illness and it prevents you from doing your job and you file that claim, the insurance company is gonna do everything they can to try to deny that claim. And if you find yourself in that position, you need to call Eric Buchanan and Associates. That's right, Eric Buchanan and Associates and put them to work for you. They will go to bat and fight to get you the benefits that you've paid for and that you deserve. You can call them at 877-634-2506. Again, that's 877-634-2506. Or you can find them online at BuchananDisability.com. That's BuchananDisability.com. Be sure and call those guys, Eric Buchanan and Associates. You won't be disappointed. Welcome back to 9 what My guest today is uh, shoplifting catcher extraordinaire, Ronan, the pettiest man in America. Now, I'm just, I'm just, I'm upgrading. You're the pettiest man in America. <laughs> but I tell you, you spent a lot of time making people laugh and smile and, and cheer them up a little bit. And I've recently learned um, that you haven't always been maybe necessarily feeling that inside yourself. When I first reached out to you, you had a couple hundred thousand um, followers, maybe 300,000 followers or so. You have a lot more now, but I've learned that sometimes your insides weren't matching your outsides. Let's talk a little bit about how you're helping people with that now. Well, one thing I think the best thing we can do in life is just make someone smile. Mm -hmm. this, this life is, is, is hard. It's cruel. It's shitty. And sometimes you can just sometimes just having something to make you smile or give you a laugh and totally change your whole damn day around. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've always I've always told my followers it's family. It's not followers. It's not a number. Those are people. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all those beautiful people who believed in me and supported me, who built me back up as a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, the least I can do is try to deliver some, you know, some comedy and some jokes and just make you smile. And, you know, the petty does a good job of it. And, I, you know. Sometimes my, my poor wife is the, the butt of the jokes and some things, too. She gets a little <laughs> mad about that. Uh, but, you know, if I can make someone smile, make someone laugh, just turn the day around, that that's that's worth more than anything else to me. Yes, yes. But how uh, how 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 has your battle personally with depression affected? Do you think that that you you have used um, you making other people smile was that was that a coping mechanism for you or were when you were going through a period of depression were you not able to put out that type of content because i'm not sure when you know how your your particular battle when it was how you've been you know how long you've been dealing with it and how that relates to what you're doing now and when you started doing you know tiktok that kind of stuff i wouldn't say that making people laugh is a coping mechanism i would say it was a um it was a beautiful uh after effect mm-hmm you see, so back in um, 2020 was a shitty ass year. 2019 and 2020 was a shitty year. For me. I wasn't doing content back then. Okay. Um, I had a lot of things go wrong in those two years, but at the end of 2020, I kind of hit my lowest point possible. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, the love of my life, who is now my wife, she's actually sitting right over here. Um, uh, the love of my wife, life, uh, I ended up lying to her mm-hmm. about something very serious. It was mm-hmm. my fault. I got to take ownership on that. I lied to her about something very serious, and uh, I ruined that relationship. Um, my daughter was 600 miles away. Um, life wasn't great, and I was in a job that I absolutely loved and I wanted, like I desperately wanted it. Um, but I was letting my mental health and my physical health affect that. Mm-hmm. And I ended up destroying that career. And there was a lot of stress involved in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to a low point where I just felt like everyone else would be better off without me, mm. just to be honest. And I, uh, I got to a point that I don't ever want to be at again. I don't know how much I can say on this on the platform as far as how far I, I, I took that. <laughs> You can say whatever. Um, first of all, you can say whatever you want to say. I mean, it's a podcast It's not I'm not regulated by FCC. So you share what you want to share. And if you don't want to share, you don't. I got to a point where I went home, I loaded my gun and I put it to my head. Wow. And uh, by the grace of God, I did pull the trigger, but the bullet was a misfire. Oh, my gosh. Bullet. Wow. And um, uh, that was a very powerful moment. That was a cocktail of emotions that I don't ever want to experience again. I pray that you the never first do. thing. The, the first thing that I uh, felt was this massive amount of relief. I didn't want to die. I just wanted to stop feeling the way I felt. Mm. And when someone's in that moment, it's, it's hard. It's hard to not want that. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard. It's hard to not, I shouldn't say want that. It's hard to ignore that is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up, um, I'm, I'm a, I don't talk about it much on TikTok. I mean, I'll, I'll answer the question. Like I'm an avid second amendment person mm-hmm. I, I, I own firearms but i put them all up like after that i put them all up i didn't daily carry i still don't daily carry every day mm-hmm. and um I, I i in that moment when i did that i i was i was i was relieved i was scared i was ashamed it was like literally every emotion you can think of was in my head and it was overwhelming and I was, I almost, I almost attempted again. I almost re-racked it and attempted again, but I thought to my, something came in my head and it was like, you know, we only fail in this life when we give up. Right. And that moment was me truly giving up. Right. And from that moment on, I, I didn't get better. Like I, my depression wasn't cured at that point, but I just had a new lease on that. This is not how I wanted my story to end. Mm-hmm. And this, and this pain I'm going through sucks, but I'm strong enough to fight through it. And shortly after that moment in my life, I got a call about a new job. It wasn't pay as much as what I was getting paid, but it was less stress and it was in the field of asset protection. And I, I took that job. And then shortly after that, my my wife, uh, she contacted me. It wasn't my wife at the time. She was she was nothing to me at the time. And she said, you know, hey, I know what you did was horrible, but I love you and I don't want a life without you. Mm-hmm. And she she said, we're going to try to work this out down the road. We ended up getting married. And then around that same time, around the first of the year, TikTok started firing off mm-hmm. and uh, TikTok started firing off. And I, I was just doing videos at the very, very beginning. And it wasn't like I was getting a lot of views. It wasn't like a lot of views, but I was doing it. I was doing these videos. It was nothing about petty. It uh-huh. was nothing about petty. It was all about just um, it was all about just trying to help with the people. Like I was doing self-help stuff and just like, Hey, if you're going through this, I've been through this and the videos did okay yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, but they did not do extremely well. Right. And I remember I was happy with it, but the videos weren't for everyone else. The videos were for me. Mm-hmm. Like they were for, they were for me. I was, it was a mental outlet. And I remember that I got, I, I ended up getting up at one day and I went to work and I did the motions and I did this video about towing some girl's car out of state and my, t- my, my <laughs> phone died. 
my phone died. I ended up going over my my fiance, my, my girlfriend's house at the time. Now my wife and we ended up having dinner. We watched a movie. And it was about two a.m. I got home. I didn't have to plug my phone in. Everyone that I wanted to talk to, I already taken taken care of. And I plugged my phone back in. I sat down and I was finishing up some leftovers from dinner. And I was watching a little bit of TV. And all of a sudden, my phone starts kicking on. I hear ding 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 ding. It was so. It felt like my phone was glitching. Yeah. And I immediately grabbed the phone and I start looking at the phone and I'm like, oh God, it's TikTok. It's like, oh God, I've pissed somebody off. Like they're canceling me. That's what it is. I'm not even there and I'm getting canceled. That's what I thought. And I swipe up and I look and there's all these people with, there was a lot of hateful comments. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the 90% of them was these amazing people who were just like, man, that's awesome. Like I, that's what you should have done. And, and I didn't know what to do at first. Yeah. And it took off and well, this is where it says today. I mean, we still grow not as much on TikTok no more, but yep. my Instagram grows staggeringly much. So does my YouTube and Twitch is going well. And I've turned those petty videos into ways to make people laugh. And I've talked about my personal struggle with depression to try to help those who are struggling as well. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I want every last one of my followers to be too petty to quit. There you go. I don't. This life is hard and we don't we don't need that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So did you know um, when when you were at that moment, your lowest moment, had you already been, I quote, diagnosed? Did you know that you had clinical depression or you just? Yeah. OK. All right. I knew. All right. I okay. just there. I'd had my doctor already prescribe some things and they weren't working. And there's a stigma around it. You don't tell, you know. And I mean, and again, and I, I might be wrong for what I'm about to say, but. You know, as guys, we just don't go to our best friends like, hey, man, I'm really depressed and I need to I need to talk to you about this. Like we don't do that. Like, you know, we usually bust each other's balls a little bit and we, yeah. know, we get over it. You know, it's the kind of thing we do. And I just didn't have anyone to talk to. And at that point, everyone in my life was shut out of it. Like, yeah. I was going through a divorce at that point in my life. I I um, I had lost the woman that I loved. Um, it was just a horrible it was a horrible moment. And. I feel like a lot of us get in those moments and we don't know, we don't see the fact that what's beyond that horizon is a beautiful and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It, the depression, I don't think goes away. Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't think the depression goes away, but I think the situations in our lives that are shitty, I'm, I'm living proof. Mm -hmm. Almost a year and a half ago, man, I was working three jobs to get by. Yeah. Yeah. I just got invited out to LA. Wow. To be in, a, in Hollywood <laughs> and I'm doing this full time. Like everyone's life can turn around. It can. It can. You you have to. Um, it, there, there's so much that we could unwrap there. And I know we don't really have time, but, you know, that's that's the thing, you know, getting diagnosed is just part of it. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go through this entire process. If, 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 if medication can help, you have to go through this entire process to even find the right meds. A lot of times people think, oh, OK, I've been diagnosed. I'm going to take this pill and everything is going to be OK. Nope. Well, it doesn't always work. Um, you know, no. the, the first one, it, it, it could take months, years to get the right combination, you know, of and it may not always be medication. But just speaking of medication, it could take years to get the right combination. And sometimes people feel like they can't hang on that long. And so I, no, I'm you're thankful. Right. I'm thankful that that you um, were able to keep fighting until you got surrounded by people that you knew loved you like your wife now. And then, then a million, 1.1 or one and a half million people on TikTok to validate you. But you actually said a couple of things that uh, I'm going to give a shameless plug. Um, my daughter, Asia, she and her good friend of hers, they have started a, um, 
and, and Instagram. Now, you guys have some similarities. You have 44,000 followers on Instagram. She has 48 followers. So y'all both are in the 40s. So, <laughs> <laughs> But her actual, the actual name of it, you just touched on it, is Life Beyond the Stigma. That's her Instagram page, Life Beyond the Stigma. So I'd love it if you give her some love and maybe uh, you know, you give some people, have them follow her. And she's going to, she's just now starting to put out some content, but uh, they're going to start to try to put out more content just for what you said that there is life beyond the stigma and i think the way she sure. does it it's there's a dot between each one life dot beyond dot the dot stigma um but there is such a stigma and in and in not just in um first responders we talk about that all the time you know because you as police as men you don't want to go talk to someone you have mm-hmm. to you need to you need to share that yeah. burden so i'm really thankful for, for several things. One, obviously that you're here, that you persevered and you didn't give up Two, that you shared that, um, you know, I know you've shared it some, but I could, I can tell it's not, it's still not easy. It's not, it's not it's easy. It's gotten to easier. Good. It's definitely gotten easier, but Good. you said something, and I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but you said something and you're like, you know, we got diagnosed, getting diagnosed sometimes is the hardest hurdle to mm-hmm. go to mm-hmm. because I know me, I was like, you know, I'm not I'm not your manly man out there, but I still feel like as a man, I should be able to handle whatever hits my shoulders. Right. And and when I realized that I was there was something wrong, like life was not as hard as I feel like it was like it was on me. Mm-hmm. It still took a lot for me to go to that doctor and say, hey, look, this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first step. And to everyone out there, like I, I've been very open about my about my mental health. And I've been very open to tell, especially guys, because men's mental health is just as important to me to anyone's mental health. But I understand as a man, we don't go to our, our friends and say, hey, I need some help. I need someone to talk to. But I've always been that person like, hey, brother, if you need to talk, my, my DMs are open. I am probably one of the most reachable content creators on the platform. I have multiple facets to contact me. And I tell my followers all the time, if you need to talk, like we'll stop our stream on Twitch. If someone comes in and says, hey, look, I need someone to talk to. And we stop and we all talk to them like, wow, you need that. And there's no shame uh, uh, there's no shame in asking someone, hey, just listen to me or I need some help or I can't do this on my own. There's no shame in that because as people, we all need to support one another and just love one another and be there. Men, Amen. women and everything in between. So. Amen. Sure. And and the thing is, like you said, you know, th- th- that diagnosis, a lot of times people don't want that. And we don't want to be labeled. You no. know, you don't want oh, no, I, no. I am this. I'm bipolar. I'm depressed or I have depression. I have this. You don't want that label. So sometimes we avoid going to the doctor because we're afraid we're going to get that label that we don't want. <laughs> so, oh, we don't want to take a thousand pills that we might have changed in a week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've that. And then you don't feel like yourself anymore. I mean, no. it's, 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 it's crazy. So uh, again, thank you so much for, for, um, for sharing that. And what I'd like for you to do, I don't want to leave everybody on a sad note, but I would like for you to give everyone your various ways that, uh, that they can, uh, reach out to you, your different platforms, what your names are on the different platforms, whatever. And also email it to me and I'll put it in the, in the, uh, in my show notes so people can click on the link and find you in your various platforms. Cause I don't know anything about Twitch. So, <laughs> so on pretty much every platform, it's at Ronin GT, R O N I N G T, except for Twitter. We don't talk about Twitter. That's like Bruno. We don't talk about Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Twitter only got 200 people over there. So if you want to blow that up, you can. But <laughs> I do have a Twitter. That is the Ronin GT. Okay. And primarily I post on TikTok. Um, I post on Instagram. and uh, But I've been really kind of being over on Twitch. Twitch is a live streaming pro- platform that I feel very comfortable being on. Uh, I'm partnered over there. We have a very, very loving 
a diverse group of individuals who come over there and watch our show. And it's the place where we can really get together and connect as just a community. And okay. that's probably the place that I love to be the most. Okay. You also mentioned YouTube, didn't you? Yes, I am on YouTube. Uh, I always forget to mention YouTube. I'm actually getting ready to start to do some, uh, some short, uh, some longer form content over there, but uh, I do post a lot of my shorts over there and some exclusive content from time to time. Same thing. R O N I N G T. Yep. Everything except for, uh, for Twitter is Ronan GT. All right. Ronan GT. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Is there uh, one last story that maybe you've thought of as we've been talking that you just want to share? If not, that's fine, but no, I'll tell you one. So, All right. <laughs> so we got a, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how to, to word this one here. We ended up getting a uh, shoplifter one time at JC Penney's uh-huh. and uh, I'll leave us on a high note or leave us on a high note, maybe as quick as possible. Sure. Uh, came in with this girl and they uh-huh. were all over each other and they were, you know, making out, but, you know, they also had a card and they were loading it full of Nike and he took his jacket off, threw it in the card, threw a brand new hoodie on. They were taking the ink tags off with a lighter and, you know, every few minutes they're over here necking on each other and kissing and, <laughs> and uh, they get to the door and I go to stop them. I said, hey, you know, I need you to come back inside. They decide again, you know, they're not going to stop for me. So they run off in the parking lot, but they leave the cart behind. She got her purse full of merchandise, but she left the cart. Uh-huh. But inside that cart was his uh, jacket with his iPhone in it. <laughs> now we don't go through people's iPhones and stuff like that, but I took the iPhone and I brought it back and I ended up calling PD and getting PD down there to make a report. And and as PD is sitting there, the phone rings and it says Bay, B-A-E. And I said, <laughs> okay, maybe they don't know where they dropped it and they're calling it. So I'm going to play dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, so that girl's calling. So I said, hey, you know, hey, this is uh, this is so-and-so from JCPenney's. And I said, because uh, I used to work at JCPenney's. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning. But anyway, I said, so so-and-so from JCPenney's. And um, I-, I found this phone here. I said, you know, if you want to come back in to get it, you can get it. I didn't mention nothing about the uh, shop, yeah. nothing about the theft. So a few minutes later, the girl comes walking in, but it ain't the girl he was with. Ah. It's a whole different girl. Ah. So when she comes in, she sees PD, she sees me, she knows something's up, and she's not flipping. We're asking her questions about him and all this, and she's not flipping. She's ride or die for this man. So the petty kicked in, and I said, so if you ain't going to tell, uh, tell us about him, can you tell us about a side chick? <laughs> oh, he don't have a side chick. <laughs> I said, oh, well, let me tell you. I said, here's what he was doing in my store. I said, that was all caught on CCTV. I said, now, I said, now these boys in blue here, they're going to get that footage and it's going to go to court and you're welcome to go to court and possibly see that footage. But, uh, uh, I just need to know what you know about it, man. She flipped on him quicker than shit. I had his mama's phone number, his mama's address, his social security number, his last three employers, man. She turned on him like she turned on him quick <laughs> that is and great. she did go to court she did go to court and she damn near got arrested in court oh but man. moral of that story is don't cheat on a loyal woman because they will eviscerate your ass <laughs> oh man especially don't do it on camera you got that right <laughs> oh my goodness oh wait i got one question can y'all be y'all be looking in the dressing rooms and stuff no, 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 no. We well, they can't. did on good times. They were checking to check people out in the dressing rooms on good times. No, uh, <laughs> they have a whole floor plan of how the camera's got to be on, on there. And if we have a PTZ that even remotely glances in there, they've got to like cover it or put some signage up and all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah I, I no, imagine that's no the case. I imagine that was the case. Well, Ronan, thank you so much for joining me today. I have really, really enjoyed this. And I want to thank all of you all for listening. And obviously, I'd love for you guys to share the uh, the podcast, 9 what shared with all of your friends. Make sure you follow us wherever you're listening. And um, so you'll know when the next episode's coming out, because I guarantee you, 
had you missed this episode, you'd be upset. So we don't want you missing an episode. <laughs> share it. Share the love. Thank you so much for your support. And until next time, just love on somebody. Treat them right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to 9 what We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have comments or suggestions, please email us at 911.podcast at gmail.com. And thanks to Carlos Bailbonding and Eric Buchanan and Associates for making this episode possible. 